I have a short story, but I must say, when Tommy came up here to do the introductions and the prayer, I figured he would steal this from me, but thankfully he didn't do it. So, anyway. All right, uh, please sit down. Uh, i like to thank the staff for getting this together and getting it organized. Uh, this team is working without really a leader, but we have like leaders. Uh, and so uh, when Matt said he was gonna finish his vacation at this time at a deacon's meeting, then all the deacons kind of turned and looked at me and I looked at them. And so I have to say that I do appreciate Tommy and Ron and, and, and Bobby for helping out the, this morning service and, and this afternoon service. So I have a short devotion. So if you're looking for a long sermon, you might as well go down the street. So it's a short devotion. It's a story. And I read this story uh, back in, I, I think in November. And I said, man, this would make a pretty good devotion. So the name of the story is, it doesn't have a name. But it's, I guess you could say it's the greatest gift that I never received. So this Christmas, the Christmas party was over. Several of the men were sitting at a table reminiscing the Christmas days of their childhood. As we get older, we reminisce all about a lot of things, about being young again. The conversation turned to the best Christmas in their lives. As they went around the table, they noticed one man hadn't said anything. They asked, come on, Frank, what was your best Christmas? Frank said, well, the best Christmas I ever had was when I didn't even get a present. The others looked at each other. And they said, we have to hear this story, Frank. So Frank said, the best, uh, Frank began to talk. I grew, I grew up in New York during the Great Depression. And we were poor. My mother had died when I was just eight years old. My dad had a job, but he only worked two or three days a week and that was considered good in those days we lived in a walk-up or we barely just and we barely just had enough food and clothes money for food and clothes I was a kid and really didn't notice my dad was a proud man he had one suit And we were at the work every day, the two or three days that he would work during the week. And that was considered a good job when you could work two to three days a week. All right. We lived in a walk-up uh, that we just barely had to, I mean, I mean, all right. So, and he had, and when he came home in the afternoons, he would take his jacket off. He would sit in his big chair, still wearing his shirt, his tie, and his vest. And he had this big old pocket watch that had been given to him by my mother. He would sit in his chair, the chain from the watch hanging out, connected to a fob and his vest buttonhole. The watch was his proudest possession. Sometimes I would see him just sitting there looking at his precious watch. I think he was thinking about my mom. One year, when I was about 12, chemistry sets were the, 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 the thing to get. 
They were the thing to have. They cost $2. That was big money, but every kid wanted a chemistry set, including me. I began to pester my dad about a month or so before Christmas. You know, I made all the same kind of kid promises. I would be good forever. I will do all my chores. You won't even ask me to, have to ask me to do them. I'll do them. I know it. I wouldn't ask for anything else ever again. My dad would just say, we'll see. So three days before Christmas, he took me to the carts. This was an area where all the small merchants kept their street carts. They would undersell the stores, and you could get a good buy. He would uh, take me to a cart and pick out some little toy son. Would you like this? No, no. Something like this? No. We went through every cart that was there. It was, some would you like a toy gun? No. Some would you like a toy car? No, Dad. No, I don't. I must have a chemistry set. So we tramped nearly through every one. We didn't have the money to buy. I didn't realize that he didn't have the money to buy a chemistry set. Finally, he said, we better go home, and we'll come back the next day. All the way home, I pouted and whined about the chemistry set. I repeated all the promises I'd gave him the days before we went. I said I didn't care if I got a any another present. I wanted that chemistry set. He probably thought he was a failure as a father, but I think he blamed himself for my mother's death. As we were walking up the stairs, he told me that he would see what he could do about getting me the chemistry set. That night, I couldn't even sleep. I could see myself inventing some new material. I could see the New York Times, boy wins the Nobel Prize. The next day after work, my dad took me back to the carts. On the way, I remember he brought a, bought a loaf of bread. He was carrying it under his arm. When we got to the first cart, he told me to pick out the set I wanted. As he, they were all alike, but I went through every set like I was looking for the, a diamond. I found the right one and I yelled, this one, Dad, this one here. I can still see him reaching in his pants pocket to get the money. <clears throat> As he pulled the $2 out of his pocket, one fluttered down to the ground. He bent to pick it up. As he did, his watch chain fell out of his vest. The chain swung back and forth. There was no watch. I realized my dad has sold his watch. He sold his most precious possession to buy me a chemistry set. He sold his watch, the last thing my mother had given him, to buy me a chemistry set. I grabbed his arm. I yelled, no. Man, I've never grabbed my dad, and I've never told him no. 
the tears were burning in my eyes. I could see him looking at, us, at me at a strange look on his face. No, Dad, you don't have to buy me anything. I know you love me. We walked away from that car, and I remember my dad holding my hand all the way home. Frank looked at the men. You know, there isn't enough money in the world to buy that moment. I knew my dad loved me more than anything in the world. That's the way God loves us. He didn't just say it. He showed us. He gave us his son. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world, you and me, that's you and me, the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Love is a dominant characteristic of all of God's personal dealings with us, his love. The very first Christmas, God gave us the greatest gift, His Son. And His Son gave His life for us. So this Christmas, bear in mind, the true Christmas story leads to the true Easter story. Without Christmas, we wouldn't celebrate Easter. Let us give thanks and praise to our Heavenly Father for those which have changed our lives forever, the events that God did. Now, if you'll pray with me, I believe the handbell choir will be coming up, and we'll pray. And then the handbell choir. Lord, we thank you for the Christmas to celebrate our Savior's birth. We thank you that he came to us as a babe, we thank you for the love, God, that you loved us so much, you left your throne and came down to be that baby. Father, he lived a great life, perfect life, no sins, no blemishes, yet he willingly gave his life so we could have life. May we remember the true Christmas story and declare it to the ends of the earth. It's through him we pray, amen and amen.